0: Welcome to the Center Ranch Church weekly podcast. We believe that faith comes by hearing the word of God. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message. Good morning, everybody. It's so good to be here with you this morning and just to worship the Lord and to get into the word of God. The Lord is, he's so good to us. He really is and he genuinely cares for each and every one of you. And what I love about coming to church, being in this room, is that the Lord knew that you were gonna be here in this moment. He knew that you would be sitting in this exact seat. He knew that you'd be listening online. He knew you would be here in this moment and he wants to speak to you in his word. 2 Timothy said says that the word of God is God-breathed, so that's literally him speaking to us. And he knows exactly what you need at the right time, and the word of God brings truth to our lives so that we can apply it and we can, we can be changed, we can be challenged, and he can use us for his kingdom. And so we've been going through a series called Help Wanted. And it has been such a phenomenal series that we have went through. We've been able to look in God's word and really study what it means to to be a church that has a heart for people to come to know the Lord, to build the kingdom of God, to evangelize. And so we, we played it off of our economy, really needing help right now. A lot of businesses need help. And so our main verse that we looked at is in Matthew nine thirty seven, and he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So with Help Wanted, we need more workers. We need people, believers who are committed to, to the great commission, seeing people raised to a new life, seeing people's lives transformed. That's what it's all about. And so Pastor Luke started off this series and and what I love is that he really prayed the direction that we were supposed to go in when it comes to this. And so he talked about in this series, the importance of knowing that it's God's number one priority is to reach people, to see his people come to know him. He loves his people and that's his desire that no one should perish. And so he, he continued on to tell us as we believers that needs to be our number one priority. And if this is your first time here and you're like, what are you talking about? I will tell you this, it should be your number one priority to see people come to know Jesus, to build the kingdom of God. And then he continued on to tell us that it should be the church's number one priority We, as the body of Christ, it should be our number one priority. We should be in unity with that, being excited to know that we're a church. Center Branch is a place where people come to know the Lord. And so Pastor Jonathan did an amazing job last week talking to us about this very thing. And so in order for us to actually accomplish this, we need to be reminded, just like he said, we need to be constantly and filled with the Holy Spirit, filled up day to day with his power. And he talked about dynamic power and how that's, that, that's something that we have to have when it comes to reaching those who are lost. We have to have that. So people that that are, are maybe live in fear or maybe don't know exactly what to say or the strategies to use, that's why it's so important to be connected to the Lord, to be filled up with the Holy Spirit. And, and it was amazing to see so many people just with willing hearts last week, able to say, Lord, I wanna be obedient and I know the call of God on my life. I really wanna begin to be used by you. Fill me up so that I can, can can pour out. And so I love this because we, our church here at Center Branch, a lot of people, a majority of people are fired up to reach people for Jesus, correct? I hope that you are, because we just went through this whole series, but the reality is that this is just actually the beginning of what God wants to do in our community, here in our church. So just because it's the end of this series doesn't mean we're just gonna forget the the mission and vision God has given us. This actually should be a stirring in our heart and a passion within us to say, okay, this is just the beginning. And I do see a lot of people here and I've heard a lot of people say that they're really fired up and ready to reach the lost. That should be encouraging because that means the people around you are taking this seriously. And hopefully that encourages you too, that this is serious business, very serious business. And so when we we, we start to think about, you know, our, our church getting together, being fired up, it's exciting. A lot of good things are happening. I've, I've talked to so many people who are, are planning and strategizing how they're gonna reach their one. If you're new here too, when we say reaching our one, we're picking one person that we're gonna focus on we're going to we're going to pray for them we're going to strategize and we're going to actually reach them because we get we can pray all we want right but if we're not actually being obedient and going for it then what's the use right so we got to be ready for what god has for us. And so even talking with some people, it gets me excited. I love my Connect group. My Connect group is is amazing and they're just genuine people who love the Lord. And it, it, it's so I'm so blessed that I get to learn from them too. So what we decided to do is we decided that our connect group was going to reach, we're going to each reach one person in the month of March. And so we we decided we were gonna do that. And, and last week we picked out the one person that we're gonna reach that we said their exact name and we started to pray together and say, we can do this together. We can We can encourage each other. We can pray for these people to come to know the Lord. And so not only that, we begin to strategize and actually make plans of what we're gonna do. And then we picked accountability partners to help encourage each other to actually follow through with what we're doing. I'm excited because I have somebody that's encouraging me, Christina, are you going after your one? Is this a priority that you're making a part of your life? I just talked to somebody last week who called me and said to me, gosh, I'm so excited for what God is doing. I'm able to reach other students for Jesus. And she said to me, she said, Christina, I'm excited for what God's doing. And I want these people to experience the goodness of God that I've experienced. And she said, I want them to experience the nearness of God like I've experienced. So I don't know about you. If you're not fired up yet, let's get fired up because this is just the beginning of what God wants to do. And he's going to use me. He's going to use you and he's going to use this church. So let's lift our hands and let's pray and ask the Lord to speak to us. Father, you're good and you're holy and you love us so much that you want to speak to us this morning exactly where we're at you have a specific word for each of us and father we want to have open hearts open ears ready to receive your words to us that we would honor you by obeying your word Lord, you are good and holy. I pray a blessing over the rest of this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. So one of the strategies that we have to reaching people for Jesus, and we talked about this in one of the messages a while back, and it's a fairly easy one, is inviting people to church. And just like Pastor Luke said earlier, you know, Easter is a great opportunity that we're gonna have to invite people to church. We're gonna have everything set up for you, an excellent service. So all you have to do is invite people. And we have cards to help you strategize and plan. But the, the church is important. In Ephesians 5, Paul he compares the union of a husband and wife with Christ in the church. God loves his church. I hope you feel the heaviness of that. God loves his church, and he will do everything he can to grow the body of Christ, to, to make sure that the, the church is protected and whole and healthy and, and functioning the way that he wanted it to be. And I'm th- I'm thinking back to the series that we just did before this, talking all about prayer. And if you weren't here for that, please go back and listen to every single message because it's going to help you strategize and when people invite them to church by learning how to pray the right way. So Pastor Luke talked us through um, Matthew chapter six in the Lord's prayer and, and the exact way that we're supposed to pray. And if you look... At Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, I, I want to point this out. It says, May your kingdom come soon, and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I love that. We've been praying that, and we can say, We need heaven on earth, we need heaven in our church. We we want to experience good and heavenly things here at Center Branch. And you think about the heavenly things. A lot of heavenly things are the things that are happening, but can continue to grow and happen. Heavenly things are people coming in to know Jesus, salvations. Heavenly things are families being restored and made new. Heavenly things are miracles that happen heavenly things are healings. People literally uh, raising from the dead to life or, or people that have been ill for a long time, completely miraculously healed. And our church believes in healing. There, there, there's heavenly things happening when we come into this place. You know, even just thinking people walking through the door, they're they're experiencing a different feeling. Maybe when before they walk in the doors, but when they walk into this place, it's like heaven on earth. The presence of God, the fullness of His glory, and maybe your people that walk in here. are are full of doubt and sorrow. And when they walk into this place, they're full of heavenly joy, a a joy that they cannot get from anything else except Jesus. So a a lot of good and heavenly things need to be happening here at our church, here at Center Branch. But the thing is, when we think about this and we do see it happening and we want more of it, we have to be here today and realize that we have to do everything we can to partner with the church, to partner with the body of Christ and believers to do what God has called us to do. And, When I say that, I hope you get a stirring in your spirit and not just roll your eyes and say, I think I know where she's going with this message. We have to partner with the church and be ready and serving. And that's so important in our walk with the Lord. That's so important for us as believers to know that we just can't sit on the sidelines. That more than ever now, we need the body of Christ to be unified, to be serving, to be loving other people. Because I will tell you what, we've been praying for a great harvest to happen and it's gonna come. It already is coming. And so if we're gonna reach a thousand people, which that is our vision, which I believe we're gonna surpass that really, really fast. If we're gonna have people coming through our doors, we have to increase and partner with the church as serving, as volunteers, as actually believers in Christ who are doing something for Jesus. There has to be more of us ready for that. So let me just describe it like this. And I want you to think about this with me. What if... A family just recently moved to Bridgeport, West Virginia. Okay. They just recently moved here. And um, the, the, the father or the dad, he is having a really hard time finding a job. He, he can't find a job at all. It's been really hard on them. He just doesn't know how he's gonna provide for his wife and three kids. It's putting a strain on their family. Then you, we find out that the, the, the mom or the wife, she's dealing with some severe health issues. She's dealing with some stuff that, that is beyond her control and, and she's really fighting. She's doing everything she can to try and be the mom that she's called to be, to try and be the, 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 the wife that she's called to be but she's losing hope, it's putting strain on their marriage. And the three kids, they just moved here, so they don't have any friends. They're trying to look for for people to be in their lives, schools, everything's new. And when you're little like that, that can be scary. So they're living in a little bit of anxiety and fear. What's gonna happen to my family? We don't have the money, my mom's sick. They're dealing with all of that. But what if, one of you decides to invite that family to church. You were able to invite them to a place where heavenly things are happening. So they're they they, they they're able to come and possibly come into this place. And first of all, see, receive salvation. If they don't know the Lord, that is our ultimate goal that they would come to a relationship with Jesus. The, the, their family's able to, able to come into a place where they can hear about provision, that they don't have to, to live in lack. They're able to come into a place where people are being healed. The wife who's dealing with, with health issues can say, I heard the word of God that says that I can be healed because that's happening at our church as well. Healings are happening. And they're able to come to an anointed kids environment that is excellent, that, that they can come into this place and, and feel free to, to just drop off their kids with ease and to know that they're getting the word of God in them. And so those kids don't have to deal with that anxiety. They don't have to feel lonely anymore. So all those things can be happening. And you know, the reality is that's a made up story but there's a lot of families that look exactly like that, that live right next door to us, that don't have a relationship with Jesus, dealing with that stuff. And actually they're dealing with a lot more, just deep stuff that we don't even know that the enemy has a hold on their life and they need to be set free. So the reality is that, let's say you invited that family to come but once again, that Sunday, what if, what if nobody showed up to serve? Or not very many people showed up to serve. You, you can think about it from the very beginning. They pull in, there's nobody showing them where to park. They're already confused. There's nobody at the door to greet them, to make them feel welcome. So they feel cold. They feel, am I even welcome in this place? There, there's nobody to host them. So they walk into an area where it seems really big. They don't know where anything's at. They don't know where the bathroom is, where they're supposed to drop off their kids. What, What is even a, an auditorium? They might be asking that question. The, that they have no host because maybe there was only one host that showed up, but the other one is taking somebody around and so that leaves nobody to host them. And not only that, you, you, you go a little further, they've got their three kids, nobody to show them where the kids are at, You know, not a lot of people showed up to serve actually in kids' church. So they're scrambling around trying to find help, trying to find, uh, how are we gonna make it? How are we gonna do this? So so the kids kind of feel that too. And all of this is happening even before the service even starts. And the reality is that if we're gonna have more people like that come and we're gonna have tons and thousands of people come into this place, which we are in Jesus' name, then the reality is that we've got to step it up. We've got, the the reality is that our dream team, we have to have more people serving. Our dream team has to grow. And if this is your first time and you don't know what dream team is, dream team is basically a, an it's where we serve here at Center Branch. The, the different departments we're able to, to serve and 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 to, to be a part of, to see God's kingdom grow. And so I wanna start off with this, okay? Here, here is the deal. A lot of you are probably thinking, Christina, I, I work my tail off. I'm a part of the dream team. I've been doing this thing. And I wanna tell you thank you. If you... <laughs> you're welcome. If you you serve in any capacity, a part of our church in any way on the dream team, or you've you've served in the past, we want to thank you. We don't take that for granted. Pastor Luke and Beth, don't take that for granted. We believe in you and we're so thankful we couldn't do it without you. But the thing is that there's a lot of people who are not serving. There's a lot of people who maybe started to serve uh, but then dropped out or, or, or other reasons why they're not a part. And I wanna tell you this because the enemy can easily bring condemnation in this time. And these messages are, are not in any way, in my heart, this message is not a message of pressure at all. It's not a message of condemnation at all. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You gotta believe that. And so this message, I prayed that it would bring you encouragement, that it would bring you hope, that it would bring you to a place of determination that some things in my life need to change in order for me to be all that God called me to be. So we have to get to, to that place. And the reality is there's, there's a ton of different avenues here at Center Branch that we can get plugged into, that we can serve. Just the other day, um, there's a, a woman in my life, and she's very special to me, and she came to the church last week. And she said to me, she's, and, and a few people that were in the room, she said, what an honor. It is to serve. And I thought about that for a minute and it really moved me because it's more than just a pretty sentence that I said or the word honor, you know, Chick-fil-A, my pleasure, my honor, whatever. It's more than that. It, it should be a place where the Lord moves you and you're able to say, yeah, it's an honor to serve the body of Christ. It's an honor, first of all, to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that he actually allows you and gives, gives you gifts, gives you abilities that he uses you as a vessel for his kingdom. It is an honor. And sometimes I have to even get to a place where I ask the Lord to forgive me because I take that for granted. And I want us to get to a place where where we say, okay, some things need to change this morning within me. And what I really believe the Lord wants to do in all of us. Honestly, if we've been serving for a long time, if we've been in ministry in any way for a long time, if we haven't been in ministry at all or if we haven't been serving at all, all of this, I believe the Lord wants to begin to do some things in us, to push us a little further out of our comfort zone and also to change our mindsets. Because I believe a lot of people here this morning walked in with weary mindsets. They walked in with with a mindset of, I can't do this. What's the use? And so I want to encourage you that God has a call on your life. He wants to use you. Even when you think that you can't, you can. And so I I was looking at different physical Benefits of serving or volunteering. And there's a ton of those. If you actually study it, volunteering is good for your mind and your body. And then when you tap into your different giftings and the things that you're good at, it, it increases and it builds your self confidence, your energy, and your strength. So there's so many different worldly, even physical benefits to volunteering and serving. But we are able to experience the spiritual benefits of serving that is completely, it completely outdoes the, the, the physical benefits. It's more rewarding with the spiritual benefits. And, and there's so many things, but what I wanna focus on, if you'll turn with me to Galatians chapter six, verse nine, we're just gonna look at one scripture, but this one scripture will change you It will change your mindset. It will make you think differently about who you are in Christ and the way that you're supposed to serve in the body of Christ. So turn with me to Galatians chapter six, verse nine. And I love this because let me just start off and explain that Paul is writing this book to the Galatian church and he's encouraging them at the end of this. So this is at the end of the letter and he realizes that he needs to encourage the church because they're basically doing the same thing that we're doing. They're they're trying to do this church thing. They're trying to get people to know the Lord. They're, they're trying to learn how to work together and who to listen to and, and all the, those kinds Of things, so Paul is an amazing man of God who brings a letter to them to encourage them and tell them what they need to know. And I love Paul because he's always he. If you look in the scripture, he's always sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and he knows what the church needs. He knows what the letter that he's writing to always what they need. So he knows that they've been doing all these things, and he knows okay. I need to take it a little bit of a different direction here and encourage them at the end of this letter. So let's look at verse nine. It says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. And so I want to break down the very beginning of that passage And it says, let us not become weary. Let's just start there. So a few things to know about this verse and the phrase do not become weary is that weariness can also be translated as becoming tired. Weariness can also be translated as becoming discouraged. And, And so Some of you, when I read this verse, you related to when I said the word weary because you've been doing life with the Lord, maybe for a while, and you've had seasons of weariness. You've been serving the Lord, maybe just for a little bit. Maybe you've been new to the church, but you've been serving the Lord, but your life is busy. We're we're all busy. We have a lot going on. So weariness can easily become a part of our life if we're not careful where we get tired which eventually leads to discouragement. And then the second part of that verse, do not become weary, these two words, in doing good. So doing good is anything that builds up, anything that increases the kingdom of God. Doing good is living out our mission and vision here at Center Branch. Connecting people to the newness of life found only in Jesus Christ, that's doing good. Doing good is loving people with God's love and showing them that they have hope and giving them an opportunity to be in church. That's doing good. So, so, so doing good is all the different roles here at Center Branch. If you really think about it, it can be a lot of work, but serving is a lot of work. But it's good things if we allow it to be what we need it to be in scripture. Good things are bringing a meal to somebody in need. Good things are an opportunity for you to invite somebody to church, maybe for the first time, second time they didn't come, third time they didn't come, fourth, maybe they didn't come, but you're still doing the work of the Lord. You're doing good things. And he says, do not become weary. Why did Paul say, do not become weary? Because when you become weary, when you become tired and when you become discouraged, you wanna stop. And I can relate to that and I'm sure that you can too. You know, the enemy wants to do everything he can to change your mindset when it comes to this very thing. You know, so what he'll do is he knows that along your journey and along the race that you're running with the Lord and, and being a part of this church, he knows that you can become weary just just by by serving. So what you know what he'll do? He'll use a strategy of, of creating lies and speaking them to you. That's why we have to be careful as believers, the things that we allow to settle in our mind. Because it's if it's not of the Lord then we have to be careful because the enemy can slowly create lie after lie after lie till we come to so discouraged that we completely give up and stop. So right now, I'm sure a lot of you have come in and, and you feel weary. You, you feel like giving up. I, uh, speaking of weary, years past, I started, I uh, started, developing these feelings to start running, okay? Now this is a little bit of an embarrassing story. So I love you. So I'm letting you in on a little secret, all right? So I was like, I wanna start running. There were people in my life that started running. And so I was like, I can do this. I wanted to, I wanted to lose a little bit of weight. And you know, running seemed cool, you know? You get to running shoes, a running outfit, and you just, you feel like a billion bucks. And so I was like, let me try this thing. So you know what I did? I decided that I wanted to run the Clarksburg 10K. Who's been around here for a long time and knows what the Clarksburg 10K is? I mean, hopefully that thing is, you know, back to life with COVID and stuff, it wasn't around. But that thing was exciting at one point. And it was, it was fun. A lot of people were involved and people were running that race. And I will tell you, that race is pretty hard it has a, West Virginia has a lot of hills. And so I, yeah, let me just tell you, that was a race. So I ran that race, but I did not do well at all. I actually, sadly came in last place, you know, and and it's a little embarrassing at this moment. And I promise that won't happen. I'm never going to let that happen again, but it was, it, that along the journey, along the race, there, there were moments where I got really tired. Because first of all, I didn't train, so I don't know what the heck I was doing. Um, I, you know, there were moments I felt like I was going to throw up. I just, I felt tired. I looked at the hill and I was like, there's no way I'm going to make it. At one point, Luke had been done a long time and he came around the corner and he was like, you can do it. And I was like, no, I can't. And so I'm trying to get to it. But you know what? I finished. I finished that race. <laughs> and what's funny, you know, it, it is it's funny to look back, but I think a lot of us are doing our spiritual race. We're running our race, and a lot of you have come in here today and you felt tired. You felt weary along the, the, the run. And like I said, the enemy, you have to be careful, the enemy that he, he comes in to kill, steal and destroy. He'll do everything he can to get you to a place of you're not gonna make it. You see that finish line, you're, you're not gonna make it. You, you have no place. You, you don't have any giftings. Maybe some of these thoughts are familiar to you. The enemy can, can say things to you. Well, why would you even serve here at Center Branch? You don't know what you're doing. You give, you give so much time and energy into things, but nobody sees what you're really doing. Nobody, th- nobody actually cares about you. You know, the enemy can, can even get to you to the point of, of telling you that you don't even have a purpose. You gotta be careful when you go there because that is definitely a lie from the enemy because each of us are called with a great purpose on our lives. So, my prayer today is that some of you, not some of you, all of you, really begin to ask the Lord, what are some areas where I'm weary, where I'm tired, where I'm discouraged? And you know what? When I was running that race, there were parts of the race along the way where I had little water stations. And I was able to stop there and get refreshed. Well, as much as I could, I, I really took in that moment and, and, and it was refreshing to me in that time because there was moments I was, re, it was really a struggle. I became really weary. You know, there would be moments I would come around the corner. There would be people cheering me on and encouraging me. So this morning, the Lord wants to refresh you with his spirit. He wants to encourage you and tell you that you can do this, that you can live out Galatians chapter six, verse nine. You don't have to become weary in doing good. And I wanna talk to us about a few things with this verse. Before I do, you know, I, I, I felt this too. There might be some people here and I wanna read to you Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. So we can bring our burdens to the Lord you know, some of us are carrying some, some things that are really hard with our family. I don't know all your situations, but maybe life is, is burdensome or weary and you feel like giving up. And, and you know what I love about this is that he carries your burdens. He, he is the one that gives you rest that you need in your life and your ministry and everything that you're doing. And when I think about that, that gets me to a place of, of being faithful one of the things Paul encourages us in Galatians chapter six, verse nine, I talked about it a little bit before, but I wanna encourage you to think about it like this. You have to remember what's at stake. Our life is temporary. And so when it comes to, to what I've been talking about, we have to remember why we do what we do. Right. We have to realize that there's, a, there's an end goal yes. and that is eternity. Yes. You know, everything that we do has eternal consequences. Right. I hope you, you, you hear that. Because when I hear that, Everything that I do has eternal consequences. That makes me go back to my mindset. Is my mindset heavenly minded? Colossians 3, verse two, and it'll be up here on the screen. It says this, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. So we have to go into this whole thing and have a heavenly mindset. So, you know, with the eternal consequences thing, I have to know my end goal because that's what motivates me. I have to know that whatever I do the people that I impact, their lives are on the line for eternity. So when I wanna become weary, when I wanna, you know, I'm doing ministry and I become tired, or I do the same thing over and over again, I can become, you know, repetitive. You know, does anybody, does this even matter? It does matter. Because I like to think of it like this. If I become weary one day and wanna give up, that could be somebody's life for eternity. They can experience eternity in heaven or in hell. So that makes me fired up that I cannot quit. I have to do everything I can to know that there's something in me where I have to keep coming back to that heavenly mindset where I say, Father, everything that I do, whether it's in ministry, serving, doing things for other people, that Father, I cannot go out another day without giving up because I want to be heavenly minded and see God's kingdom come and his will be done. You know, um, last year when I came back here, one of my roles is uh, overseeing Center Branch School of Ministry. And it's such an honor. I love being able to to do that. And um, the reality is we are... Doing everything that we can to to revamp this thing and to uh, create new systems and, and running a college is pretty difficult to be honest with you and putting the pieces together and, and making sure that students are in the right place with academics and all kinds of things and so along this journey you know I, I know that that's what God has called me to do but. At times, I become weary. At times, I become to a place of, man, this is a little harder than I thought. You know, all these different schedules and systems. But you know, I have to remember about the eternal consequences thing and what's on the line is that I come into that place and even if it's, it's hard at times, even if there's moments where, where I'm like, Lord, I don't know exactly which direction to go, how to do this. I remember, I remember the students. I remember that those students, I have an opportunity to pour into them so that one day they, they can have a family, they can have um, everything that they need to put Jesus first. And not only that, we're able to to help students develop a hunger for the ministry so that they can impact the world, so that they can go and see so many people come to know Jesus. So that is what I do what I do. That is why I I begin to say, Lord, I can't give up. I got to keep going. I've got to keep that heavenly mindset that these people, these students, they need more of Jesus. And so I've got to do everything I can to see that through. The other thing is knowing that you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Knowing that you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. That's a promise. And at times it doesn't feel like a promise because we don't necessarily see the harvest in, a mo- in that very moment. You know, I love it because it says in, in the proper time, some versions say, but the harvest will come, it'll come. And I love this because if you think about your life, throughout your journey, whether you picture it as running or walking or whatever, throughout your life, you are, you're scattering seeds, spiritual seeds in all kinds of areas, in your family, your friends, your ministry, whether you're in full-time ministry or, or you serve here at the church, you're, you're throwing those spiritual seeds down that are collecting this, this garden that will, make, that will eventually reap a harvest. And I love this because it says in Matthew 25, 21, well done, my good and faithful Servant. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And I love this because, you know, he could have said, Well done, my good and loving servant. When we get to the end, he could have said that, but he didn't. He could have said, Well done, my good and talented servant, but he didn't. He didn't even say, Well done, my good and holy servant even though holiness is very important. And he calls us to live a life of purity and holiness. But he didn't say that. He said, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's very important for us to know when it comes to that promise. That if we stay faithful, we will see a harvest. We will see, you know what the harvest is? Harvest is what we've been talking about. The harvest is souls, right? The harvest is getting people to a love relationship with Jesus. And so it's very important for us to remember that we're doing this and we're doing it with faithfulness. We're doing it with excellence. And that fruit will come, that season will come, in your life individually and in this church too. It'll come and it'll be at the right time because Jesus knows everything. He knows every detail. We've just gotta be faithful. And you know what? We've gotta be faithful in even the small things. One of our staff here, Paul Lahasset, he's an amazing man of God. He is a general in the faith. He's just outstanding. But he said this to our students, and he says this a lot, and I want to make sure I get it right. He says, do small things great. Do small things great. And I love that because does it matter what we serve or do? If it's small, do it great. Do it with excellence, do it with faithfulness because he sees those little things and he will honor you. Even if it's, it's small things, big things, whatever God has called you to do to serve, do it with excellence. Turn with me to John chapter six. We're gonna, we're gonna look at this passage. And I want to end with this story this morning. And I, I love this story in the New Testament. And as we begin to read, you're probably going to be like, what does this have anything to do with what she's talking about? So trust me, and, and we're going we're gonna to look at it together. So we're going to start in verse 1, John chapter 6, verse 1. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Galilee of Tiberius. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, "Where can we buy bread to feed all of these people?" He was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. That's a lot of people. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish and they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftover so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. When the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills to be by himself." This is is such an amazing story because we get to see Jesus on display. We get to see his mighty works on display. He did an amazing miracle that day with with thousands of people. And we look at that story and we're just amazed at at all that happened. It's such a, a powerful story but if you look in the passage, there's, there's different people interacting throughout this whole story. You know, of course we have, we have Jesus, we have Philip, one of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, who made some things happen. We have the, the crowd, the, the 5,000 people that were there who were hungry. But if you look at verse nine, it says, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish, but what good is that with this huge crowd? And we even see that the, the young boy is a part of this story. He, he had the, the fish and the loaves that created the miracle. But you know what? There's one person in this story that's not even mentioned and not even seen. And let the Lord speak to you this morning with this. Somebody had to pack that lunch for that little boy that day. And I, I, they don't say who it is, but I like to think of it as a mom because power to the moms who pack lunches all their lives. It's awesome. Whoever it was, but they, they packed the lunch that day. And you know what? That was probably a little thing. It wasn't even mentioned in the Bible. Who that was, you know, she she or whoever it was what their name wasn't even mentioned or even really thought of that little thing but but she did it and, and even though it was little she she probably did it day after day packing that lunch with those fish and that bread it got redundant it got tiring she probably had tons of things to do she didn't she didn't have time for her son was always out doing things she probably had the enemy probably at times creating lies. Nobody even sees me do this. Is it even worth it? Should I, should I even do this again? But the reality is that she did it. But what if that day, that day, that that miraculous day where Jesus did that miracle, what if she decided not to pack that lunch that day. That's a big deal. She was consistent, even in the small things. And you know what? That produced a great harvest. A harvest where they had leftovers. And not only that, that miracle brought people to the realization how powerful Jesus was. So it's the same thing with each and every one of us. We have an opportunity, whether serving in a small area where nobody sees us or serving in a big area where a lot of people serve us, or or maybe we're not even getting thanked or, or I could go on and on with all these different scenarios and the enemy could be telling you lie after lie. But you know what? You can make a difference in somebody's life just by showing up and serving, just by being able to be called to do what what the Lord has called you to do. It's an honor to serve Him. He loves you and he, He values you. And He has a plan for your life. Don't let the enemy tell you that you're not good enough. That, you don't, that, that we don't have a spot for you here at, at church to serve, that, that is a lie from the enemy. Some of you are thinking, well, I definitely can't serve. I, I, I didn't go to school for any of that or ministry or whatever. Oh, psh, who cares? There's so many people who have never had schooling or or anything because it's not that within us. it's just the Holy Spirit and the everything he's given us to serve with excellence and to do it to see life change but we've got to be faithful just like that story, even if we're not even seen because people need Jesus there's there's a harvest that we've been praying about and like the promise it will come but we're We've gotta be ready, we've gotta be ready to serve. Our dream team has to be packed out, so many people willing. And you know what? There's probably some of you here sitting here that have you're sitting in this message and you're saying, Oh, I, you know, Christina, I have been serving. I don't know what you're talking about. I have been faithful. I've been on the dream team. I've served for years or, or you know, I've been faithful. Even if it's for a little bit, I, I'm doing that. That's awesome. And I'm so thankful, but maybe God is challenging you to go further. Maybe he's challenging you to lead somebody else. Who are you leading? Who are those people that you're challenging and encouraging to serve? Who are those people you're coming alongside and saying, you can do this? And then maybe for some of you, you've never served before. Like I said at the beginning, we need you. The time is now. It's time to, to, to not sit on the sidelines anymore. It's time to fully engage. You know, none of us have a pass. We need to stop making excuses. And I'm not trying to be mean, I'm not trying to bring condemnation, but I think a lot of us use silly excuses not to serve the kingdom of God. You know, I don't have time, I don't have the resources, I'm not good enough. Those, Those, get rid of those excuses even if it's to the point where, where we're serving at times, it can be time consuming. It can be a little bit of a challenge, but, but oh my goodness, we have got to do this for the Lord. He has called us to do this. We, we have to be faithful. We have to be people who are committed and don't give up like the scripture says. If everybody would just bow their head and close their eyes. Let Jesus speak to you this morning. I believe that, that, that some mindsets are being transformed this morning. That the Holy Spirit is giving you a determination in your spirit that there's more to your life than what it is. You know, it would be awful for me or to, for you to get to the end of our life and feel like we could have done more. I don't wanna live a life where I'm just getting by or becoming weary and discouraged and stopping in certain areas. I wanna be a part of God's mission and vision and I pray that you do too. Now is the time. The Lord, the Lord is moving on, on people's hearts. I can feel the Holy Spirit moving on people's hearts. Not, and, I, and I just feel that it, it's, it's him saying, I love you. And I'm proud of you. And you're valuable. And I've called you. Well, that's this week's message. Thanks for joining us. To stay connected with us throughout the week, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can also watch previous week's services on our YouTube page.